Greetings and good day, and welcome to episode 72 of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, and we are here talking about your uh, first place. Hold my finger up in there, pointing number one. First place, Toronto Blue Jays, uh, fresh off a very nice series in Houston, of all places. Yeah, where, uh, where things get weird. Things okay. tend to get weird. Uh, that's yeah. all the writers were going on about how weird things get in Houston. Uh, it's a weird... Uh, a weird club, weird city, weird yeah. stadium. I think it looks pretty nice, other than all the weirdness. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've never been to Houston. I, you wouldn't want to judge a place you've never been to. But, That's true. <laughs> but it seems it seems like it might be, you know, uh, a hellscape. I, th- I think that the city of Houston. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. If yeah. you read any any book, uh, like urban affairs <laughs> kind of uh, study, yeah. Houston is always like the don't be like Houston. Yeah. Don't ever be like Houston. Uh, it's a nightmare town. Full of uh, of hellscapes. Yeah, I think it, I, that's the sense I get. The false meeting with John Mott there last yeah. night. He's, you know, he's not on the road there with them this year, and they're uh, <laughs> like, yeah, friends, uh, friends who are covering the team are like, oh, you know, wish you were here. He's like, I think not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ballpark from the from television and from what I've heard, if people visit there, it's about three quarters of a really, really, really nice stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they just got the goofy hill and the Train tracks and stuff that... Uh, I see what they were doing with the hill. I understand the idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, we all played with a hill when we were kids, right? You know, sometimes oh. there's a hill. Hills in play. It's a magical sport, and it brings back the, the childhood for, you know, everybody. It's nothing if not evocative. Yeah. So fuck your stupid hill. Uh, of course, this is uh, Old Reliable. Old Reliable. Uh, Mr. James Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing good. You're doing well? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Uh, the Blue Jays are playing pretty well. I that was a good series. That was a good series. Tight games, low scoring. Blue Jays are scoring uh, many, many runs via the solo home run, yeah. I believe. That seems <laughs> to be their thing at the moment. Uh, the train tracks and the goofy, you know, tooth chipper Crawford <laughs> boxes there in Houston. Uh not a not an ideal spot to sit if you're watching the Blue Jays. It's maybe you'll die. You know, I tweeted about it. Somebody, uh, uh, Amanda Rykoff, uh former Easton Astros yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and she, uh, I tweeted, I'm like, I know they actively pissed off, you know, uh, pissed on their fans for a bunch of years, mm-hmm. but it's like, especially on Monday night, it just looked dead. Or maybe it was Tuesday night. Whatever night it was. It, it, it just, I don't know. There was no people there. It's like, you're a really good team. Give us some atmosphere. Come on. Take uh, take the example of the Toronto Blue Jays to heart. Once, you, that, once that team stops being useless, then come on out to the ballpark. There's a difference between being useless and losing 350 games in three years. Yes, so. I think that there is. Yeah. Right? Like, that is a new <laughs> level. But Amanda said that that was, it, it was like a Monday night thing or whichever night of the week that was, and that it just seems that's the way that it goes there. Yeah. And then the other games were more, you know, tonight's game, Thursday night's game here, a better attendance. Rangers fans really like to look their look down their nose. Yeah. That's the way they ask us. Looking down their nose, that's, that's what we, that's our whole thing here. I think so. Uh, as we, I think, should look down the, our noses at the rest of the American League, who are all trash <laughs> compared to the juggernaut. So we're going to talk hey, about as long as, as long as you believe in Jay Happ and Marco Estrada and Francisco Liriano, these Blue Jays, and Jason Grilly and Joaquin Benoit and Danny Barnes and Joe Biagini. What if Just believe in those guys, and uh, you, my friend, are a true Toronto Blue Jays fan. 
what have we said all along? You can build a bullpen on the fly. And uh, thus far, the Blue Jays have built a bullpen on the fly. <laughs> on the waiver wire, basically. On the waiver wire, you know, you, you trade a guy to the Braves, so you have the first opportunity to get in the front of the line for Jason Greeley, and they would not have changed a single thing. A trade looks terrific. $3 million option next year. So we're going to talk about that, though, not that trade as so much as some of the other trades that were made uh, in and around the trade deadline, all of which happened mere hours after we recorded the last episode. Yes, that's right. Last yeah. and therefore <laughs> most least valuable episode of, uh, <laughs> of Birds All Day, uh, which, of course, you can subscribe to on iTunes at any of your uh, chosen podcast venues. Uh, if you do head over to iTunes, you can search Birds All Day, rate and review us. Uh, subscribe, like I said, you get it straight away. You get that good stuff. Straight uh, away, as in when I get it posted. Which can vary. This sure. one, I mean, this is meaningless to talk about it because nobody will hear it until it's posted. I think this one, I got a good feeling that it's going to show up at a reasonable time, not, you know, 7 o'clock Friday evening. Well, you know, the last one was a live show and there were things that were going on. The last one was, well, yeah, no, I got fucking shit-faced afterwards. But, uh... No, it was the, there was technical issues. People heard the skips, and I apologize for that, but my f- computer did not like working with the size of the file that, I, it turns out, I was asking it to work with, and it just went nuts. We'll get all that stuff. I was like, let's export this audio. It's like, okay, this will take 15 hours. I'm like, that can't be right. So I, I, I hacked it. I'm a, I'm a guy for it. You, you know? did? Yeah. No, I, got it, I got it out, and then it turns out there was a bunch of skips in there. For that, we apologize. <laughs> so I'm a Gruber did? I don't know. So we're... <laughs> if you let... If, I don't know how you... How up-to-date you like your pop culture references. McGruber! <laughs> um, we want to thank you. So we apologize for the issues of the last episode. We do want to thank everyone who did came out, uh, come up to the Ossington. And, of course, thank the Ossington there at uh, 63... 61. 61 Ossington Avenue. We had in Toronto. We had a great time. Uh, that everyone was there it was very lovely, and we had a it was yeah, it worked out great. Yeah, meet a bunch of new people yeah, and, yeah. and see some old faces, and also Jonah. Yeah, uh, uh, so it was a great time all around. Yeah, uh, Rob Irkin got a shout out. Then he gets it now here too. <laughs> uh, did I? I think I cut that part out, didn't I? Or I, did, I, I think I shouted him out about cutting it out. Hmm. Yeah. He, he, as long as Rob Irkin gets it, yeah. he always listens. Oh, he no, you know, the one I cut out was the one where I was extremely drunk. Another podcast that took hours to <laughs> put together. But that was mostly editing out and, like, overdubbing just incoherence on my part. Just embarrassing, embarrassing incoherence. And then you keep bringing it up. Well, <laughs> uh, we want to thank everyone who came out, thank the bar, and thank, of course, everyone who does contribute to the Patreon at patreon.com slash birdsallday. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we've been going strong here for 72 episodes, and uh, we couldn't have done it without each and every one of you. So thank you to everybody, people who came out and said really nice things to us, and people who said not nice things. We thank them, too. Uh, Somebody did call me Stoke Jack Horseman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you could do worse. <laughs> I could do worse. I was, I'll say this, that I was really worried. I was freaking out because I thought that I had arrived late. Oh, you know, yeah. And <laughs> I was not... The second member of this two-person team to arrive then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll, do, we'll definitely do that again. Uh, it was a great time. Hopefully we'll see some more yeah, of you we, up there Yeah, we next should time. do it again, right? We'll do it again. We so will definitely do it again. Uh, we're going to do this again. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about all of that hot news. All of the big topics from Blue Jays Land on this edition of Birds All Day.
right, so the first thing that we'll do here in the second part of the show is we'll do the older, slightly older news first. Maybe. We talked about the Melvin Upton trade a bit last week. We sure did. Uh, he has he doesn't look super great, I don't think, as a member of. I don't know that he's going to. No, he's going to look like a fourth outfielder, a yeah. guy who's being paid by his former team mostly, mm. and a guy who is going to have to be comfortable with his role as a third outfielder, fourth outfielder on mm. a team with. Three. Still, you know, I think two of them are DHs. I think what we've seen, <laughs> two of them are indeed DHs. Yeah, Saunders can. can uh, <laughs> Saunders is a fucking mess out there too. What am I saying? <laughs> I think it's been encouraging to see the way that he's been used. Yes, absolutely. Right, he's already played in seven games. If you yeah. this evening, sure as hell hasn't had seven starts though. No. But he, he's but he's got 18 plate appearances, in yeah. seven games. He, you know, they'll use him. Hopefully, mostly against lefties. We'll see. Gets lefties, but because uh, he's been kill, he kills lefties he's, this year, especially. I think he's had a, uh, a terrific season against lefties, which, uh, which is nice. You can. It, it's like sort of a weird platoon, not platoon, but I don't know. There are things you can do with him and Justin Smoke being, you know, league average guys. Uh, They're kind of the same player. Just, yeah. But one of them has the ability to run the bases and play the outfield, whereas yeah. the other one is um, Gives you a, a good first baseman. <laughs> yeah. Which is not yeah. without its value. But uh, again, they, we've, as we've said before, they're building and adding, like, mm-hmm. not necessarily, I mean, character guys, but guys who get it, guys yeah. who are going to be comfortable with their role within the team. Uh, and then, of course, on the trade deadline, they kind of went crazy. Not crazy, but they did some things. They did some things. Uh, Jesse Chavez is no longer a Blue Jay. Okay with that. I think that seemed, the people I follow on Twitter uh, from, who are on the West Coast seemed a little surprised. Like, oh, the people who follow the A's, who followed Chavez's career a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Chavez is a useful, useful player. Would you, you get Bolsinger back for Jesse Chavez? It's like, yeah, Chavez is kind of... His numbers... At, at, there was a time when it looked like he was turning it around a little bit. Uh, but no, that wasn't really, work, really working very much. It, did, it, it just wasn't working. Yeah. The ball was going over the fence yeah. often. Too much. Uh, and Bolsinger is in the minor leagues now. They did not even add him to the yeah. 25-man roster. This is the thing I brought up in uh, the piece I wrote about Mark Shapiro's interview on the fan today. Is that He said <laughs> he's like, well, we looked at Bolsinger. He's a guy we could backfill uh, Hutchinson with, with if, if we trade him or when we – like as they were about to trade him. Uh Projects to have the same performance as Hutchinson is what he felt. So they feel that they've, you know, I, I, I don't think that you know. Obviously, they weren't very enamored with Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, different pitchers. I think that's what Shapiro also said. But okay, I believe that. And then, so you really don't lose a whole lot going from Hutchinson to Bolsinger, according to Mark Shapiro. It's always nice to have that option there if yeah. you need to call on an emergency starter. If you need to, yeah. I mean, I think Scott Feldman is. Uh, Ahead in the pecking order in terms of who can come in for a spot start right now. I think you'll might, we might see. Well, hopefully you'll see him. Well, they, they now have they now have six starters in the rotation anyway. So just everyone's a starter. <laughs> Why are you the reliever? Go the opposite. Where everyone else digs, you zag. Everyone wants to fill their staff with relievers. All starters everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's not much to say about the Jesse Chavez thing. It didn't work out. Opportunity to move him, grab a piece that, that they might work. That's okay. That yeah, or by you know just some depth that's not you know that's got some big league experience. 
I think he just throws slop. I think he's, you know, he doesn't throw hard at all. He's mm. like 90, 87, 88 kind of a guy. Uh, which is <laughs> which is like yeah yeah uh, so stay in the international league please but uh, but yeah no I think that's right and he's got control too right so he's gonna be around uh, whereas Chavez was not he's gonna be a guy on the shuttle back and forth when the opportunity or situation arises that requires it um, the other one of course is the Francisco Liriano where yeah. the Pirates happily paid him to go away they paid him to go away. Because the Blue Jays were willing to take on his money, and they sent two prospects along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were prospect watchers who would say, who said that they would be happy to get those two guys for Hutchison straight up. That yeah. you could get. Which I thought Dave Cameron was talking about this in his post trade deadline piece. I don't know if you heard that on the, the Fangraphs podcast, talking about how it is. You almost view it as two separate deals. You view it as. The Jays claimed Liriano on waivers, essentially, just took his contract, and then they traded Hutchison for these two prospects. And he was, you know, prospect watchers. People like those prospects, I guess. But I forget what he said about Ramirez, to be honest. But he said about uh, Reese McGuire, it's just that, you know, his ultimate upside is a guy you can get in free agency for a couple million bucks. You know, he's a glove-first catcher who really is going to have to change something to hit enough to be... Uh, you know, an everyday valuable guy, but I don't know. That's a, that's a nice little flyer to take. Sometimes, sometimes guys develop. Sometimes you like to, see, you know, you like what you see. And I think the Jays probably thought that, uh, you know, both those guys kind of had down years, and they're kind of they're guys that. Uh, it's funny being in Houston. Uh, Joe Musgrove pitched uh, pitched this series. That mm-hmm. was a guy who the Jays traded away. Uh, Carl Perez and that big J Hap deal with Brandon Lyon and all you know that, mm-hmm. that big weird Anthopolis deal when when he was right at the height of his collecting prospects thing and it broke broke people's minds that he would trade you know a guy who was very recently a first rounder and it's sort of you know uh, the Astros have done well to turn him into something else three years uh, later yeah I mean I don't think that he's not a guy where you think in terms of like Syndergaard like oh he was on this trajectory and it just mm-hmm. continued it's like he was a guy who was on the downside. Uh, in terms of his prospect value, and the Astros have worked with him, and he's worked and become something different. So I don't think a lot of Jays fans would or should cry over Joe Musgrove, but what I mean is, you know, maybe there's potential for someone like a McGuire there. Even if not, fuck, look at the fucking catching depth this team has right now. Like, a glove-first guy who can hit a little bit would be would be okay. Especially with Josh Tolley kind of um, his days being numbered as with his stranglehold in the back of catcher job. Yeah. Uh, you need to have someone to do that job, frankly. And if it's a kid, yeah. you can make the minimum versus a guy you do have to pay maybe a couple million bucks in free agency. Every little bit counts, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Dave Pitcamera, actually, you mentioned him. He wrote about a lot of like these buy low or sell low deals where teams who have the most information on these players mm-hmm. were happy to let a lot of these kind of players go where other teams are, are going to take flyers on a Form, you know, maybe going off older reports or maybe, you know, compiling yeah. their own information and saying, what can this guy be for us? Maybe this guy can be it. Because the two the stuff that I read about the two prospects, the, the, the Reese McGuire, uh, mm-hmm. that he's not going to hit enough. And the other guy yeah. who is not... Harold gonna, Ramirez, I believe. Harold Ramirez not going to hit enough for enough power to be a left fielder, which he inevitably is because he doesn't have the yeah. athleticism to play anywhere else. Where, I mean, I think... There are lots of, you know, 
a, a fire hydrant shaped baseball player. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> maybe that's like a Cole Calhoun, a guy who didn't have a lot of prospect shine, but kind of hit everywhere, and then yeah, quite a nice big leaguer. The guy, like, you know, or the reverse, the guy, you know, a guy like can't put too much on. So, but, but a guy like Kevin Pillar, who, you know, he's not going to hit enough to play in a corner. Oh, but he somehow turned himself into a passable center fielder, and then, and you know, and then some. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's there's something there. It's interesting in that uh, the Jays now are will refer to themselves as more of a, a player development focused organization. Like these aren't these aren't like necessarily big tools guys like you would have seen mm-hmm. uh, the previous regime try to uh, try to extract from teams. This isn't like Anthony Ghost. Like, oh man, if he can just learn to hit, what a player he would be. It's like these are a different type of player and maybe maybe they see something that they can uh, get out of them. Or maybe they just, <laughs> they just needed extra fucking legitimate pieces in the upper levels of the farm system uh, because I mean, they've been, you know, touch wood, they've been remarkably healthy this year. Last year, you know, Stroman aside, the the pitchers especially were ridiculously healthy. Like, uh, And so I think as fans, you, you maybe don't worry as much uh, about the depth issue as the guys in the front office who've been through it before who know how you know completely decimating it can be. Uh, to your depth to start losing guys off your big league roster. You know, you look at what, you know, teams that actually are dealing with injuries. You know, look at what the Dodgers are going through, uh, having to, you know, make trades to fill for pitchers that are hurt. And, and, you know, they're the Dodgers. They can do whatever the hell they want, basically. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I mean, I think just the, this having depth, in addition to these guys being prospects, is a, is a valuable thing for the Jays. They might be able to come in and, and help them win a few games, uh, you know, not lose games, basically. Uh, soon. I mean, these guys went straight to double A, right? Like, That's a good way to think like next season, like next season, you know, somebody goes down. These guys could be the guys they look to, to they look to. And if those guys weren't there, who was it going to be? Like if Russell Martin got gets hurt, it goes on the DL in 2017. Who the hell are they going to call to to replace them? Right? Air, aircraft. Yeah. It's a well. That's what I, I I'm always going to vote for. I'm okay with aircraft. <laughs> turkey bacon. Yeah. Oh right, turkey bacon. Um, uh, of course, Francisco Liriano. Now, one of the, the thing I keep writing, keep writing in my little notes here uh, is about being realistic. So being realistic about those those players. You know, Reese McGuire isn't going to be Buster Posey. He's not, you know, the next big thing. Right. But they're depth pieces that are have undoubtable value. Yeah, for sure. Francisco Liriano being re- what is re- what does being realistic about Francisco Liriano mean <laughs> to you? Yeah, I don't know. It means hopefully he can keep spot in the big league starting rotation, right? I mean, you know, Pittsburgh was obviously motivated to get rid of the salary. You know, it wasn't just you know if he was making the league minimum, they might have had a little more time for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been trash. He's been really bad. Uh, there, there is you know upside. You don't usually say upside on a guy who's got his, you know as old as he is and what he is, but you know he's been better. Uh, the team said, and you know, you look at, you look at the numbers and stuff like his stuff is the same. Mm-hmm. It's the guys aren't swinging at it. I think is what the, <laughs> what the issue excuse me seems to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just you know just walking everybody. Well, that's uh, always been his thing, yeah. Right? But I mean, I think this year it's it's especially pronounced. I think he's been plagued by you know or a little bit prone to the home run. But yeah, the strikeouts are still there. I mean, it's similar to you know you can't don't say it. You, yeah. 
You gonna say it? I was going to. Say Josh Johnson? No, I wasn't gonna say Josh Johnson. I was gonna say Josh Johnson. Oh, Jesus, yeah. He's throwing, yeah, he's, he's got he's got that. He's throwing in the other batter's box, hoping you're gonna chase it. Yeah, he's got that too. Because he can do it. He, he, I was I was thinking more hopefully, like you know, Jason Brilly at the start of the year was. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously a reliever, but you know, a guy who uh, had big strikeout numbers and ridiculous walk numbers, and you're like, uh oh, what are they getting themselves into here? And it's settled down and, and has been terrific for this team, as we you know as we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, well, Josh Josh Johnson that. Uh, that's terrifying. Put a little bit of a sour yeah. taste in your mouth. Well, it there. would. Well, because then now you're talking about if <laughs> it starts down the, skirt, the stretch to Bolsinger or Feldman. Well, you can still give him to Josh Johnson. <laughs> Left-handed Josh Johnson. <laughs> the stuff's still there. The swing and miss is there. The ex-fit, baby. Oh, I expected fit me right in the dick. Yeah. Oh, I can't get enough of that. Yeah. Uh, the down. I think the swing and miss is down a little bit. Yeah, because he's throwing at the other batter. Well, that would be a thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, but I think he still had like 10% swing and miss compared to like 14 last year when I last checked. He's got it above average still. The Pirates are a bit of a tire fire this year, so maybe yeah. getting him with back with well, so much too much has been made. Yeah, bringing back with Ron I mean, it's, it's telling you, you know, because I've been listening to Atkins and, and Shapiro talk this week after these things, and it's like they were both very clear, like. This is like this isn't on Russell Martin to fix him. Like, yeah. if, he's, if he's bad, it's 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 on him, and it's on us for acquiring him and hoping that we could do do something. It's not like it's not like Russell Martin come on, Russ, keep coaching him up. Yeah, it's, it's you know. But I mean, there's something to that. But Shapiro, as I as I transcribed in the the thing, uh, you know, uh, the thing, the piece that I wrote today, uh, admitted, you know, the Pirates are perhaps the most admired teams in terms of. Pitching mechanics in the game, they're a team that, you know, if they can't get somebody right, who's going to be able to get them right? So he he was fully, you know, eyes wide open about that this is just kind of a flyer that they're tanking, uh, which, I don't know, seems like a fine flyer to take. The, the very short, very recent history has a decent uh, track record of flyers. Yeah, absolutely does. And, I mean... Thinking, as we too often do, thinking, you know, long-term, I may be getting a bit ahead of myself, or definitely getting a bit ahead of myself. I mean, when, if you have to, at some point in middle 2017, you might want to, you know, if you need a starter, maybe now Connor Green or Sean Reed Foley or some of those guys who are starting to get to the point of knocking on the door but certainly aren't yet are going to be more viable options. Uh, and I think that's something that this front office definitely thinks about more than the last one who was just ready to... Blast everybody through and, and, and not trade waste them. Yeah, not waste their bullets in the miners and get these trade chips. And who cares? Not who cares. Obviously, it's, it's easy to dump on them when they're not here anymore. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think obviously we saw from the placements that you know, like you know, Green finished in New Hampshire and went back to start the year in in Dunedin. You know, they're more conservative about that sort of stuff. And this is a way to use money that that apparently they now have to buttress their roster and to to give a bit of a buffer between uh, you know when you might need to actually start thinking about bringing some of those kids up instead of throwing them into the fire right away. I mean, we saw at the start of last year what happened when Dan Norris got thrown in right away. We saw Mark Stroman, you know, struggle in his first starts you know, in the big leagues. Uh, so it's a hard job. It turns out. It's it a turns hard out. job. So, yeah, I think the, you know, all the Riata has to be is not a complete fucking dumpster fire. And they'll at least be able to get enough out of him 
where they're just hoping that it works uh, to unlock a few other things, I think, for them. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll see. It's weird, though, that they're... I'm rambling, I'm sorry. Long story it's, it's, it's weird, though, that they're kind of behaving a little bit like... They still kind of beat the fucking Orioles and the Red Sox, right? Like, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that that is still they're still not quite in the playoffs yet and ready to, you know, dial guys back and get set for October. They kind of have a task in front of them. I think they, those teams are going to beat themselves. Let there be no doubt. Some doubt, but yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Hey everybody, we'll get back to the podcast in a second, but first I would like to talk to you a little bit about tickets, about getting tickets to events, about getting tickets to the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, It's not always easy. This time of year, especially, the Blue Jays are fantastic. They're selling out games. You may be tempted to go and deal with the dirty vagrants that uh, occupy the area around the Rogers Center in order to get yourself tickets to a particular game that's sold out. Well, technology has made it so you don't have to. You can download the SeatGeek app onto your phone and browse all kinds of ticket offers uh, to not just the Blue Jays, but to other events in this city, in your city, in other cities you may be visiting. Uh, SeatGeek just makes everything perfectly easy. I use it myself. It's the first place I go to looking for tickets because SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you. It searches multiple ticket sites and ensures you get the best possible deal. And the best thing is right now, we have a great deal with the SeatGeek folks. Uh, listeners of Birds All Day, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So if you want to do that, get the SeatGeek app. You get it on your phone, you dial it up, you go in there, you hit the settings tab, and you click add promo code, and you enter the promo code BIRDS. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. That's a fantastic deal, uh, and it's a great app. I encourage everybody to try it. Thanks very much, and now back to the show. Long story short, I think it's important to be very... Uh, many, many breaks pumped on Francisco Liriano, just... That he's going to be frustrating, or he has p- the potential to be frustrating, mm-hmm. potential to be disappointing. Yeah. Let it, let it, let it see. Let let Pete Walker and and the, the this pitching staff and the coaching staff that does have a de- like said, decent track record of the fact that they turned Aaron Sanchez into what he's become, what they've gotten out of yeah. Marco Estrada, not to take credit away from those right, players, course, but yeah. Estrada. And to have recognized that, like, yes, this that J Hap that we saw in those Pittsburgh starts is yeah. for real. They deserve credit for that. Absolutely. To me, just to be like, oh, this is working. Stick with it. You know, yeah. keep, keep keeping them, keeping them focused, keeping them pointed in the right direction, and then it's you know, it's up obviously to the pitcher to do the work. Yeah, I think uh, I think they have an excellent track record in terms of that. Uh, well, excellence may be stretched, but no, it's been it's gone well lately. Uh, so yeah, there's some hope on there now too because he still has, he still has the stuff. He still has a, a decent fastball. He still, you know, can strike guys out if he doesn't throw it in the opposing, the opposite batter's box. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. So I just alluded to it. It's time now for our weekly segment on Aaron Sanchez. All right. Uh, which, which Aaron Sanchez talk has dominated the airway. Oh my god, this week because it's just been. Some he is a fucking, he's, a, he's gonna get a bunch of Cy Young votes. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. Well, not, so it's because he's very good, but also because of the, the mixed messages that are coming out of, were coming out of the front office. Yeah. The people, mixed dish, mixed dish. Jumping on yeah. as signs of weakness. Yes. Right? That's, That's exactly just, what I've just, I posted it before we began this podcast. Yeah. And I did the same thing. Yeah. Frankly. Okay. That, to me, 
that they are not going back. They're not going back to the drawing board, but that they are being careful and being thoughtful and not just taking some Verducci effect or some hard innings cap or some, you know, kind of predisposed innings increase as gospel. And they're looking yeah. at the player that they have and what they know about him and what he's done to himself. And how he's changed his body. And 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 not measuring in like a... But measuring. Yeah. I'm surely they have their own internal calculus that they've done to say, this is where our models show breakdown begins. Yeah. And until he gets to that point, why change anything? That Yeah, that seems to be the thing. And I think people were really, you know, the people really clamped onto the Russell Martin comments, and then this is happening mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to be like, oh, well, the team got upset. And now they're now they're backtracking. Now they're showing weakness to the to the clubhouse. They say, and it's like if you listen to what they've been saying literally all along, except for you know they'd say you know John Gibbons, it's happening. It's going to happen. It's going, which was so obviously just their attempt to deflect this fucking question that they get asked every single time he starts, and then people keep prodding around with different variations on the on the same question. Mm-hmm. It was just their way to not have to you know, have the same fucking conversation all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of overlook that a little bit, the door, like, they kept, it might, it might have not been wide open, but the door was always open for the situation to be fluid, for them to to not put him in to be creative. You know, you can just, you can go back and look at what Ross Atkins has been saying all season about, you know, well, there's, there's some upside to keeping him in the rotation, managing him that way, skipping starts. There's, you know, they've always been on both sides of the fence because I don't think they... Not, I don't think they had a plan, not in a negative way, in a way that the plan was going to be dictated by the way Sanchez felt, the way that his results went, mm-hmm. the way he recovered. You know, he was, Atkins today talking to, to uh, reporters when he went down to Houston was talking about, you know, they're looking at spin rates, they're looking at, at release point, at velocity, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and he also said that they've been talking to, he especially been talking to other GMs, about, to people, you know, to people in the game, to people who have gone through innings jumps, you know, presumably. I don't know if he specifically specified mm-hmm. that, but, you know, just to get a feel for, like... He talked about Harvey, and he talked yeah. about Prosper. And, like, what, like, just to understand, you know, what does your body feel like when you're... when you've logged mm-hmm. this many innings at this point, and how, you know, what can we expect? And just trying to get as much information as possible to make an informed decision and, and acknowledge that there is no science, you know, the Verducci yeah. effect stuff, that, those, that, that you know, they've tr- they try to... To, I think you said that they, you know, used age and they tried to model it in terms of, you know, a, a, a jumps and to look at where to look at where guys have gone into uncharted territory before. And what he came away saying, which I thought was a little bit different but great, was that, you know, well, we hope he gets into uncharted territory. We hope he's a guy who, you know, he recovers and his, he doesn't get fatigued and everything, you know, the stuff stays the same and the release point and everything. Mm-hmm. And they get to a point where they're really pushing the limit of, of how many innings you know, seems sensible, which is, of course, yeah. I mean, if it's not, if it's not damaging him in terms of you know his his recovery and his velocity and all that stuff, what the fuck? Why why are you why are you fucking with it? The thing, Ross Atkins said it, and Josh Donaldson said it as well, and in, in different points in the last week or so, which is, you know, Atkins said there's no perfect answer, there's no absolute, and mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson says. You know, Nobody knows. Nobody knows yeah. what is the the 
black and white, <laughs> yes or no, true or false answer, because it's more complex than that. It's funny, yeah. But they listen to some Jay's talk lately. I don't know if that's I don't know if no, some people think they know. Well, but, <laughs> and to me, I think that <laughs> driving me nuts, man. For me, it, it just it inevitably it devolves into Tommy John talk. Well, of course, which is like, come on. But the the problem, of course, is that if he gets if he gets hurt, it doesn't matter what they did. Somebody's right. going to be wrong. If they that, beat, yeah. if if they do like what with Strasburg, right, where they shut him down. They don't go to the World Series, and he gets hurt, and then also it comes out that they were just like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this seems like the time to shut him down, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing. Well, I mean, that's what Atkins said. He's like, There's, "We're going to be wrong unless we win the World Series and he's healthy." Yeah. So let's shoot for that. I think is what he said. Which, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, what? There is no right answer to this because there is no which people hate. Yes, that is exactly. But again, even Strasburg, I, I will stand corrected. The Strasburg thing was he was already hurt, right? He was coming off of Tommy John, and Matt Harvey was coming yes. off of Tommy John, where people are, are eager, eager to throw Chris Sale. I, yeah. I've done it myself. If you want to throw Chris Sale's name out there, because Chris Sale took a huge innings bump. Yeah. Chris Sale, uh, even Chris Sale is different than 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 Sanchez because Chris Sale was a college pitcher, so he went through that ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, but and the thing that I made, and I made this point in my piece, was like, when the team is thinking about this stuff, they, they can't just be looking at innings pitched and, and things, because it's like, he's not a kid he, like he, who just wandered off of the, yeah. Yeah. The, the high school field in Texas or in Southern California, where he's from, right? Like, he's six years of a, as, a, as a professional, mm-hmm. and six years of... Like the kind of nutrition training that he's probably picked up more so later. <laughs> you think maybe? Yeah. yeah. Or you think minor leaguers? Uh, they get not. They, get, they get. But that's like six like spring trainings. Go to Hardee's on our per diem here. If, or no, let's full. Eh? Okay. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the golden currency. To <laughs> <minor league> baseball <laughs> but like six spring trainings, time in the fall league, under close professional scrutiny, where like at some point you gotta let him go. And you can't treat him like he's, you know, another example might be like a Dylan Bundy, right? Yeah. Who was notoriously overworked in high school uh, and then rushed through the minor leagues to get to the big leagues. And, well, and also, I mean, I think it's been at times to his detriment that they've treated him that, uh, like that. Uh, just talking, I remember last year about uh, the piggybacking thing and when he became a starter and things, you know, was starting to go, you know, go well for him about a bit before he got injured last year. Uh, looking at his pitch counts in the minors, they only they only have him in the upper minors, but I'm sure he wasn't, you know, cracking. But they were doing three innings apiece. Yeah, the piggybacking years, and then even by the time he got to Buffalo, he had I don't think he ever pitched more than 105 pitches in a game until he got to the big leagues, and they did it like five times in a row, something stupid like that. Like most of his games were high 80s, low 90s in terms of pitch count, mm-hmm. and you know that's a thing too. That's a you know that's there's an element of building up a guy to be. A you know a fully fledged starter in the big leagues that that is missing there a little bit and that's because they were coddling him a little bit uh, and I think part of the reason that that he is in this situation now is because uh, is because he hadn't been quite built up like that uh, and maybe that's why it's more of a concern for him as opposed to somebody else uh, because he hasn't you know hadn't until this year really really gone deep into games on a consistent basis. But also, he's been crazy efficient too, and, and you know not all innings are created equal. 
Uh, and some of the guys on TSN today, I was listening to that, uh, their radio program with, with Griff, because I thought he was going to say something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. If he, he might have said so many things crazy that none really particularly stood out. But they were saying, you know, uh, just from their time, I think Scott MacArthur was saying his time around the team, Never talk about innings. That's what you know. The front office got. Don't say innings. We're not. Talk- this isn't about innings. This isn't about innings. You know that's what the that's what the front office is doing. But ultimately, it becomes the shorthand for what they're thinking about mm-hmm. because it's you know it's sort of a proxy for what we're talking about. You know, for the stress on the arm. But yeah, of course, it's not about specific uh, actual innings limit because yeah, they're smart enough to be looking at stuff. So I don't know the the, <laughs> the turnaround. Narrative is a bit odd to me still. Uh, whatever, I don't give a shit. It, it feels right now like they made the right choice. So, well, it, because because he hasn't got hurt yet. Because but pitchers get hurt. It's been a bit. Well, he, the pitchers get hurt. Pitchers that throw in the upper nineties get hurt way more than anybody else. And again, the upper and not up, because of the, not because of innings. No, because, because that's, they're putting a lot of fucking stress. On everyone that could be the last one. And that's, that was always my knock on the idea that moving into the bullpen was somehow saving him. Mm. Where, and I've said this before, and I think I said this well at the live show, was that if he goes to the bullpen, his job is going to be, like, he's going to be restricted in the bullpen. He's not going to be a normal, like, people going, like, the Jays are going to have this crazy shutdown bullpen. It's like, no, they're not, because Aaron Sanchez will never be a fully-fledged member of that bullpen. He's not going to be the guy that they're like, get loose in two batters and come in, right? Okay, yeah. well, we're going to stall, and we're, this is his last guy, and you need to be ready. Or you're going to get, you know, pitch three days in a row and warm up four days out of five. That will not be his role, which is to say that he will have a diminished and different and separate existence, where they'll have to yeah. almost chart out when he will pitch in the bullpen, which, you know, is, an, is a nice thought. But when you are trying to win the World Series, as the Blue Jays are, mm. can you know, that's not as much of a help as it is. No. Could be in, the, in the playoffs, maybe it's a little bit easier just because of the way the schedule works. You're not necessarily playing well, a lot of back-to-back days the way you would in the regular season. But as we said, they still have this thing where they called the last two months of the goddamn season. They're, and the playoffs, in the and in the playoffs, the bullpens pitch a much, much, much larger percentage of mm-hmm. the overall innings. Uh, in the game, the teams go to the bullpen way, way earlier. Well, you and get, you get extra arms, arms and you, yeah, you, you know. Well, you get extra arms, but you, if you watch the way, watch what the Royals have done in the last couple of years, and and you, know, you ride those guys hard. You, you ride think, them. And how do you think hard. the Royals will manage their playoff bullpen this year? <laughs> well, they they're all dead. <laughs> Greg Holland out. Wade Davis on the DL. Scary. It's nice mm-hmm. that they had their little run. They had their fun. They absolutely had their fun. But yeah, uh, it was, I think it was a bit of a bad week for uh, the kind of tinfoil hat wearers who are have it out for the front office, the current front office, because they did a lot of things that kind of went against type. Yeah, right? that's they, definitely true. They didn't. They have. They have embraced risk in a way that I don't think anybody ever expected them to do. Uh, some people did. I'm sure we've talked about it. But yeah, the yeah. Well, their reputation was like totally risk adverse. You know, yeah. never want to make the big step. Shapiro has yeah. that reputation. Yeah. He's a, he's never wants to make the big splash. And while they didn't necessarily, you know, trade for Chris Dale or anything like that, they spent money freely. Yeah. Made they a, they made spent a, money for next year. Yeah. They 
they went to Shapiro said to Bob McCann, they went to Rogers, they went, made their case. They said, oh, you know, everybody. He's like, oh, they were, and they were really supportive. And I don't mean, you know, a clap, clap on the butt and a clap. He said, here are the resources. Go do what you got to do. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and said all along, uh, you don't come here from Cleveland to run the Blue Jays like Cleveland, just like Andrew Friedman doesn't go to Los Angeles to run them like the the Rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. You know, people people. Had a hard time getting over those reputations, and I'm sure some people are still uh, are, are still not over them. Uh, but yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a week where that perce- perception, though I think it's sort of slowly shifted. I think this is really you look back now on what people thought last December, and it seems quite different. Or maybe if it, maybe a month ago, it had not quite changed as much. I think that's it. You got, you got anything to plug? You're doing uh, Daily Vice this week. Yeah, I did Daily Vice, yeah. That's cool. Talked Check that out. Talked about the trades. I put it in a post somewhere. I should probably do that again. One day I'll do a Daily Deuce and uh, put some links and stuff. You're writing stuff, so that's good. I put. I wrote a thing today. I wrote I wrote a thing yesterday, but I don't necessarily have my, my part of the shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Head, over, head over to the National Post and read my uh, hot take on, on uh, reverse perpendicular parking. Do you have any, do you have takes on parking? I do, that's as weird. it turns out. That's weird. I, oh, I, I feel like I went against type a little bit. Okay. Because I, for someone who spend so much time talking about how I park my vehicle, I am very cognizant of the fact that it's not really a skill. It's not a skill. If it was a skill, <laughs> they wouldn't let us do it. I guess. Right? No one is a good driver. That's my main point. No one is a good driver. Everyone is a self-centered monster driver yeah. who only thinks of themselves. And your ability well, you're to You're in your little bubble. What, your am I supposed, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. What am yeah. I supposed to do? Think of somebody else in there? Exactly. Think of somebody else. Back your car ring, given even half a chance. Pull through is obviously the the, the 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 desired outcome. Not always realistic. Sure, yeah. So who are these monsters that don't? That's my question. The, not only are they monsters that don't, they're monsters who are resentful of those who do back in. Because in their yeah. mind, yeah. no one is capable of doing it except for them. Because right. they're bad drivers. Right. So everyone else is a bad driver who is unable to back <laughs> right. up their car within a within a, a prescribed spot. And it caused it wastes their time. Which goodness knows. <laughs> you know, when they're both on their way from and to consecutive heart surgeries. They don't have time to wait no. for you to reverse your car. They certainly don't. Which takes as many as four seconds. And they've got all these and a big thing that I another thing I said was all the different computer and cameras in your car, use them. Use them. Makes it easier. Yeah, they got a they got a camera in there now. You back, you back up and it's... You it's can right see there, whether yeah. or not you're about to run over a small child. Yeah. Don't do that. I strongly encourage you not to run over a small child. I think that's fair. So that's my parting shot. Head over to the National Post to read my take. A little short little take. It'll be in the, it'll be in the weekend post, actually, uh, if you grab the paper. Oh, there you go. Print. Many, uh, many entry. Yeah. Also, if you'd like to, uh, if you're moving, you want to put some glassware in a box, get that post, and just take a take one of those full-on sheets, wrap up your glasses, your mugs, uh, one at a time in that sheet. That should help keep you safe. You can wrap you can wrap two mugs in a, in, a, in like a broad sheet. Yeah, you think two? Yeah, you put one on the other one. You, you make sure you something inside, and then you roll Are it. You making a Christmas cracker here? Well, sort of. Okay. You know, because I mean, who has a newspaper lying around? <laughs> so you got to be, you know, yeah. careful. When you roll that, it's going to keep the newspaper industry alive, I think. 
That and that and debt that they they have to keep fucking paying. Restructured off. debt. Right. That's right. Restructured debt. Uh, people have birds. Those birds, those cages need the lining. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, that's it. For Andrew Stoke, my name is Drew Fair Service. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>